0: and turn real quickly to the last chapter in the Bible. The last chapter in the Bible. The last book in the Bible. The last chapter in the Bible. We've been studying. If you you are here for the very first time today, we welcome you to temple. We are glad that you're here. Amen, church? We are glad that you're here, and we want to be a blessing to you today. We've been studying and going through, preaching through, periodically through the Book of Revelation, and we have come to the conclusion, we have come to the end, and to the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. Uh, Revelation, we know, is a book of last things. There, there's many places in the Bible that you hear about last things. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. I'm going to be glad of that. Amen. Amen. No more funerals, no more mourning, no more crying. The, it's going to be over with. Amen. Amen. The Bible says we'll all be changed at the last trump. Amen. The Bible's full of last things. And, and this last chapter of the last book is about a few last things. And I want to read in Revelation chapter number 22 and verse number, let's see, let's go to verse number 6. If you'll find verse number 6, and when you get there, say amen. 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 Uh, Revelation chapter number 22 and verse number 6. And he said unto me, These things are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had seen and heard, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel and showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant of thy brethren, the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. Worship God. That's good advice. And he saith unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let be still. Let him be holy still. You say, does that mean that God don't want people to get right? No, that that would contradict the word of God. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He said, repent for the day is at hand. Come to God. Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. All he is saying here... When you put this verse together with the other three, behold, I come quickly, God is saying this. If you're waiting and you're procrastinating and you're putting it off, there's coming a day that I'm going to come so quickly that you're not going to have time to change. You're not going to have time to get right. You're not going to have time to turn over a new leaf. You're not going to have time to do what you've been procrastinating. It'll be said and done. So whatever you're going to do, you need to do it. Whatever you're going to be, you need to be it. If you're going to get saved, get saved. Are you all with me? Say amen. Amen. The Bible says in verse 12, And behold, again, I come quickly. My reward is with me to give every man according as the work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. last." Whatever he starts, he's going to finish. Amen. Amen. I feel a little preach coming on. Amen. Amen. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life. And may enter in through the gates of the city. For without our dogs. And by the way, I've heard people say, uh, that's why I don't own a dog, because the Bible says, no, 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 no. There's going to be dogs in heaven. I've got a coon dog, Jojo, she's in heaven waiting on me right now. <laughs> yes, she is. Amen. So, how do you know? Because God told me. Amen. Listen, this is, a, this is a male prostitute, is what this is. That, that was their term in that day. So don't go around saying that God hates dogs. God is a dog lover. Say amen. Amen. And if you have never had a puppy in your life, God help you. Amen. Amen. Every man needs a puppy one day in his life. Hallelujah. Behold, outside are dogs, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh alive. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bride and morning star. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. What does that mean? Don't mess with the word of God. Don't change it to fit your lifestyle. Change your lifestyle to fit the book. Don't mess with the book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of the prophecy. God shall take away his part out of the book of life. And out of the holy city. And from the things which are written in this book. He which testifies these things says surely. Surely I come quickly. John just says amen right there. Even so. Come, Lord Jesus. <laughs> I'm ready for that day. John says, he done heard it three times. I'm coming quickly. And John gets so excited, he just says, well, come on then. Amen. Amen. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word. Bless us. Now, I feel you, Lord. I feel you. Lord, even in the rain, we, we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. God, I pray that your will be done today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There was a preacher, there was a preacher preaching on this particular uh, chapter in the Bible. And, and three times, three times the Lord says, behold. In other words, check this out. When you see the word behold in the Bible, it means check this out. Something I'm fixing to tell you is very important. He says, behold, I come quickly. Well, you know how. You know how preachers are. We get into a zone, and and man, we go after it, and and, and we're in our own little world. Amen, brother Scott. I mean, you just hear, and and he's a preaching, and says, "Behold, I come quickly." And he's going down that chapter, reading And about that second time he comes across that second verse, and Jesus said, "Behold, I come quickly." And man, he's going after it. I mean, he's at a foam and froth right now. I wide open. He hits that last verse and said, "Behold, I come quickly," and stepped off the stepped off the step there tripped down the step, rolled in the floor right in the lap of a lady on the front row. He jumped up and said, ma'am, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. She said, don't worry about it, Rev. You told me three times you was on the way. Amen. (laughs) Hey, Jesus is on the way. He wants you to know he's on the way. All through the Bible, it talks about Jesus coming. Throughout the Gospels, he came and was here. He did his job. He died. He followed the Father's will. In Acts chapter number 1, the Bible says he went on up back into heaven to prepare you a place and prepare me a place. But let not your heart be troubled. If ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again, he said. Thank God he's coming again. Amen? Last things. Last things. There's a last warning in this chapter. He said, if you're going to get it done, get it done. Whatever you're going to be, you need to be, because I'm going to come so quickly, you're not going to have time to change. There's a last encouragement in this book. Listen, in this last chapter, he says, blessed are they who keep this book. I'm glad if you follow that book and you live by the Word of God, you're going to have the favor of God on your life. But I want to talk primarily this morning, just one thing. Just one thing. I want to talk about the last invitation. The last invitation. You know, one day, the last nail is going to be driven. One day, the last song is going to be sung. I remember... <clears throat> I remember Growing up and, and when I was a little kid, we'd, uh, the, the hangout was the skate, skating rink. You went to the skating rink, roller skating and all that. And they'd always tell you this is going to be the last song of the night. Amen. Uh, this is it. Uh, if you're going to skate, you better skate because it's about to be over. It's about to be done. I remember going to uh, uh, maybe a water park or something when we was little, and, and, and they said, all right, one more ride, one more. And we'd just beg and plead, oh, just one more, Daddy, one more. Get in it." Uh, well, y'all's daddy might not have said that. Mine did. Amen. There's always going to be the last time, the last ride, the last hunt, the last trip, last things. This week, this week, there was a tragedy this week, and somebody, somebody went off into eternity. Listen, a family member, a friend, somebody who was dearly loved. Not just one, there was, there was a few this week. My, my wife's do- or, uh, uh, doctor in, in, in uh, North Augusta, uh, her, his wife was on a, a missions trip to South America and somehow tragically died, was killed on, the, on that trip down there. She took her last trip. One day, there's going to be a last breath. There's going to be a last heartbeat. And Jesus says in this verse, he says, The spirit and the bride say, Come. Come. This is an invitation. You've heard heard invitation after invitation after invitation after invitation here at Temple. And you, you've heard me stand here and plead and beg and say, Look, if you raised your hand, if you know today that you're lost, would you please come? For, would you please let us take a Bible and show you how to be saved? You've heard me say, We've got ladies and gentlemen at this altar, all the way across this altar, and it would be the thrill of their life to take a Bible and sit down with you and show you how to be saved. Invitation after invitation after invitation. But one day, there's coming. The last invitation. The last invitation. God said in his word, he said, he said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. My spirit shall not always strive with man. What does that mean? There's going to come a cutting off point. There's going to come a time and a place where God's patience and, and God's, listen, his endurance is put to the test and, and that line is drawn. And, and, and after that day, there'll never be another invitation. He spoke this when uh, with, with uh, uh, Noah in the ark. Noah preached and preached and preached and preached. Listen, for year after year after year as he was building that ark, year after year after year after year, building that ark, and God said, listen, my spirit will not always strive with man. If God's dealing with you and God is inviting you. Boy, I wouldn't put it off another minute. Matter of fact, you're feeling it now. You're feeling it now. How you know that? Because I want you to look at three things real quickly this morning and and, and write these down if you if you can. Uh, th- three things about this last invitation. This last invitation. Uh, number one, I want you to see the source of this invitation. The source of this invitation. It's, it's twofold. It's twofold. It says the spirit and the say it with me. The spirit and the say Come, come. When you get an invitation to a party or you get an invitation to an a, a, a event or whatever, you always know who it's coming from. The invitation is sent from somebody. Well, this, this invitation that we're looking at, the source of this invitation, we see A, write this down. It is the work of the Spirit. Say that with me. It is the I of the I will say this, and, and, and I, I don't think I'm going to embarrass him. Uh, if I do, he'll get over it. Amen. Uh, uh, I was, i for about three or four weeks, uh, 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 uh brother Jeremy Harris, I, I've been, I had him on my mind, I had him on my mind and just, I couldn't get him off my mind. I mean, just, uh, praying for him and, 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 and time God puts somebody on your mind, uh, God wants you to pray for him and God wants you to do something because God's not going to put somebody on your mind for no reason. Hello. Y'all with me? Wake up. Amen. And, 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 and I knew I needed to talk to him and, 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 and I kept I was nervous and scared that I know y'all can 't believe that, but i 'm telling you I just I just just wondering when well, we got a chance to talk Friday night, uh, we was going down to to Clinton to to serve the Lord down in Clinton uh, at the Alabama state coon Hunt, say Amen right there. We was suffering for the Lord amen and uh, uh, well, the whole time we got a chance to talk and and we were talking about salvation and different things and 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 little did I know, little did I know, the whole time that the Lord was speaking to me to talk to him, the Lord had been speaking to him. So what was going on? When God was dealing with me about sharing the gospel or witnessing or inviting, God had been working behind the scenes, working in his heart, working in his life, and listen, doing what I cannot do. No, No saint can get anybody into heaven. The Bible says no man cometh unto the Father unless he is drawn. Unless, Listen, he cannot come unto me unless the Father draw him through the Spirit of God. I believe in old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction. I believe that the Holy Spirit will take the Word of God and pierce an old, cold heart and go in there and say, Listen, here's how he works. Here's how he works. The preacher, it says, how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they believe unless they hear? How shall they hear without a preacher? I believe the preacher, the anointed man of God, will take the anointed word of God and say, thou shalt be saved. For, listen, for if you call upon the Lord, thou shalt be saved. For there is none righteous, no, not one. And I believe when the preacher says the word of God, there is none righteous, no, not one. I believe the Holy Ghost is jumping up and down in their heart right then saying that's exactly right you need to believe what that preacher's preaching he's telling you that God's honest truth and your heart will be beating 100 miles an hour and you'll know there is none righteous no not one And when he says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right then the Holy Ghost will whisper in your ear. That's talking about you, son. That's talking about you, sister. He is talking about you. You can get saved today. You don't have to put it off. You don't have to wait another hour. And the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. Son, you'll go to work and you can't shake him. Now, you can get away from my voice when you get out of this building, but the Holy Ghost will take and go home with you. Do you remember what that preacher told you? Didn't you remember the Bible says in hell he lift up his eyes being in torment. In hell he said send Lazarus and he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my parching tongue for I am tormented in these flames. And he'll remind you all the way home. Dr. Brown, where I went to Bible college, he said, he said a man witnessed to him a man witnessed to him and gave him that verse. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. He said, just like see those. And he worked at a he worked at a car dealership, and and they had them big uh, roll up doors. Uh, Brother Dave, and he said he said just like that door, and that door started going up. He said, just like that door right there, the saints are going to rise. We're going to be together with them in the clouds. And he said, man, I couldn't shake that all day. I was trying to work on my Chevy, and I was looking at them doors going up and down, up and down. Why? The Holy Spirit kept on. He said, I went to work. He said, I smoked a pack of Winston's, ripped the top off, and smoked a whole pack at one time. He said, I was so scared, I tried to go to the bar and get drunk, but the Holy Ghost saddled up beside me and said, son, that ain't going to get rid of me. Oh, I don't believe that. Oh, you don't know the Holy Spirit. He'll go in the back alleys. He'll go in the crack houses. He'll go in the bar. He'll go wherever the sinner is, and he'll let him know, I'm still looking for you, and I want to save you. Listen, this invitation is a work of the Spirit. The Spirit is working as we speak. Your heart, that's not indigestion. That's not the taco you ate last night. That's the Holy Ghost telling you you need Him. I remember when I was under conviction, Brother Scott. I remember when that preacher got to preaching, I thought I was going to die. I thought if he don't shut up, if he don't stop preaching, I'm going to die. My heart's going to explode. I could feel my heart beating up into my throat. And I was thinking, dear God, would he please shut up? No offense, Dad. Amen. But conviction is real. It's a work of the Spirit. And listen, the Spirit's saying this morning, I'm not always going to do this. There's going to be a time that you say no for the last time. There's coming a last invitation. Jeremiah, I don't know that that trip yesterday might have been your last opportunity. But thank God he took advantage of it. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Amen. We pulled over on the side of the highway, right on the bottom side of Birmingham, in rush hour traffic, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. People flying by 100 miles an hour. He's squalling, I'm squalling. Dear God, we're having Holy Ghost Camp meeting right in my truck. Amen. Amen. Listen, what was happening? The Spirit was working, just like He's doing right now, just like He's doing right now. But not only is this invitation the source we're talking about. Where's this invitation come from? It's the work of the Spirit, but it's also the witness of the saints. Kendrick, what if I hadn't said nothing? What if we'd just talked coon hunting all the way down? I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed that it took me three weeks to get the courage to say something. But what if I hadn't? Now I'm telling you, this is real. One of one of them days in that, that three weeks, I was I was I hadn't been I hadn't been hunting in about two weeks and McKenzie kept asking, come on, Daddy, will you take me? Come on? Daddy would we'll take that And so I finally said, Okay, okay, I'll take you. So I went and took her and, and a gentleman, older gentleman, and uh from Gardendale named Bob Abney. We was right in the middle of the woods. And uh, and, and all of a sudden the phone rang. Y'all ain't gonna believe who it was. Jerimo. He was he had got lost and was looking for his dog, and, and uh, got lost looking for direction. I get lost in the closet, and he wants direction from me. <laughs> you know what? As soon as he hung up, I got sick to my stomach. God said, "There he was. You didn't go to him, so I sent him to you." The whole I couldn't, I could I couldn't even, I couldn't even function. I told him, "I said, Mackenzie, you you ready to go? No, Dad. I, yeah, you're ready to go. You're tired. I can tell you. You can't even walk. Come on, let's go." on. <laughs> I put her in the truck and started heading home. I had, I rang his phone off the hook because all I could see was Jeremy falling off a cliff, and I ain't said nothing. Here we go. What was doing? God was moving, but He was expecting me to do my part. Amen. On the way down Friday, I was, I was trying to say, thinking, "How am I going to say this? How am I going to get?" Does anybody like this? Anybody get nervous when you? Yeah. The hardest people I have to witness to is those that I, I love the most. Right. I mean, I I sit in there, oh, what am I going to say? I got to say it. I know that I got. How am I going to get into it? How am I-, Here, I uh. Boy, you missed a good one the other day. Yeah. Yeah. We went into the great white throne judgment yeah. message, and I went into graphic detail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean graphic detail. We got to talking, and the whole, uh, the whole time, God was moving on me, and God was moving on him. Yeah. I said, Jeremy, if you used to fall off that scaffold, where would you go? And boy, here we go. Now here's the thing, how many people's out there waiting on the witness of the saints? How many people's out there that God has spoke to you to speak to? And you say, well, I don't know, what if they reject me? What if they do this? What you don't understand, the whole time God's telling you to speak to them, God's working on them getting ready for you to say something to them. The whole time. This is not a one-way deal. This is not a one-shot deal. God is working with you. You're not working for him. You're working with him. How shall they hear without a preacher? The devil's not going to tell them. The world outside's not going to tell them about Jesus. The world outside's not going to tell them what God's done for you in your life. It's up to us to share the gospel. Church, say amen. Don't you look at me and say, oh, I'm not trying to build me up. I'm ashamed. It took three weeks to do what God told me to do in the first place. But how many of us, God has been speaking to us for years, and we have not done what God has told us to do? Church, what are you saying? Preacher, what are you saying? One day, there's going to be a last invitation. Church, say amen. The source of this invitation. Number two, real quickly. Write this down. I want you to see the substance. Write that down. The substance of this, this invitation. What does what, what this invitation involve? What are you being invited to? What are you being invited to? The Bible says in verse 17 And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. Come, and let him that is athirst come. Now, watch this. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. I went through the Bible, I went through the Bible, and I looked up a few invitations that God gave. I looked up the, a few invitations. First one, A, this is the substance of this invitation, or what, what you're being invited to is this A, safety. Write that down, safety. When Noah was commanded to build the ark, when Noah was commanded to build the ark, uh, God told him when it was all said and done, when everything, the last nail or, or the last board was put on, the last pitch was put on, all of that was placed there. God said this. God said, watch this here. Put this verse up, Brother Barnes, if you will. And Genesis 7, 1, and the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee I have I seen righteousness before me in this generation. Now watch this. This is the ark. Brother Scott, if you'll come right here, stand right here. Now, now, now if, if I'm the Lord, if I'm the Lord, let's <laughs> use your imagination, amen. Now, the ark is over there where Brother Dave is. Now, did this verse say, all right, Brother Noah, go over there and get on that ark? Did the verse say that? Now, go get on the ark. Did it say that? Now, and I'm, I'm, I'm proving the point here. It said this. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou. That means God was already on the ark. What does that mean? That means whatever you're afraid of to go where he's inviting you to go, don't be afraid because he's already there. Well, I'm afraid I can't live it. I'm afraid I can't be it. I'm afraid I'm going to mess up. Well, don't worry about it. God's already been there, and he's prepared the way. And God is not saying, go on in there and do the best you can. He said, come on in here with me, and everything's going to be all right. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Say amen. Give the Lord praise and glory this morning. Good job. Come. Come. He's inviting. Come. Come to safety. Come. Listen, be safe from the tribulation to come. I believe Noah being safe in the ark is a type of the Jewish people being safe through the tribulation period. But God is telling you this. You don't have to face any of that. Just come unto me. Come unto me. We see the invitation of safety. Then be. We see the invitation of salvation. Watch this one. I like this one. Have how many of y'all have ever made a mistake? Anybody made a mistake? I mean, How many of y'all made a good one? I mean, sure, Yeah. I mean, I. Ha- Ooh, how many, how many of y'all made them ones that you not want nobody to know about? Well, you know what Jesus says? Come now. Just come on. Come now, let us reason together. I'm glad that the Lord is a reasonable God. Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. There is, you got stuff that looks white. I mean, milk looks white. How many of y'all know milk looks white? I mean, it looks white, but you take that milk and you go outside and you pour milk in that snow. It looks yellow. Why? There ain't nothing as white as snow. There is nothing as pure as snow. And you can have a yard that looks dirty and nasty and rotten. And I mean there's stuff laying all over the yard. And if you're a redneck, you got three trucks that don't work, four dogs that don't hunt. Say amen right there. I mean, you got paper and trash thrown everywhere, but you let that snow fall. And that snow falls, and it covers everything. I don't care what your life is. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what the skeletons in your closet are. When you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll wash you white as snow. I don't care what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter. He'll wash you white as snow. Come on. Come to him. What you waiting on? Come on. Come now. Let us reason together. Your sins can be blotted out. Your sins can be washed away. Your name can be put in the Lamb's book of life. You could be on the hallelujah roll. Amen. Come on. What you waiting on? Listen. He's inviting you to safety. He's inviting you to salvation. I like this one. This is a good one. He's inviting you to satisfaction. Listen one of the wickedest generations there ever was in the 60s. And it just set the tone for what we're looking at right now and dealing with right now. You can believe it. Free love, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. If you're not with the one you love, honey, love the one you're with. If it feels good, do it. It doesn't matter. No morals, no morality, no right and wrong. No, no, listen, none of that. Just be whatever you want to be, and then you'll be happy. Happiness is in doing what you want. Happiness is being what you want to be. Happiness is in whatever it is, it goes. Really? Is that a fact? Then I wonder why. I wonder why one of the number one songs in that generation, I believe it was Rolling Stones. I don't know. I've heard something about that. But I was at the Waffle House the other day, Brother Dave. See, y'all know what I'm going to say before I even say it. You heathens. What song am I talking about? The Lord just spoke to me. Son, you got a lot of work to do. Hey, Amen. <laughs> I can't get no satisfaction. They tried everything the world has to offer. And it's left them with AIDS. It's left them with a, a drug addiction that can't shake. It's left them with heartaches and scars. And no satisfaction. There was a man in the Bible who wanted to live it up. He said, I'm going to find satisfaction. I'm going to find happiness without God. He used the term under the sun, the book of Ecclesiastes. Wisest man ever to live, richest man ever to live, most powerful man ever lived Could do anything he wanted to do. Could say, hey, it doesn't matter. He had all power. Only one human being that's ever been that way was him. And God let that take place to teach us something. When he went and did everything there was to do, bought everything there was to buy, went everywhere there was to go, seen everything there was to see, had everything there was to have, he said it is all vanity, vanity, all is vanity. And that word means empty. That's why you see these multimillionaires blowing their brains out, getting strung out on drugs because they found out that money does not buy happiness. It may buy you a big old house, but it won't buy you a home. It might buy you a bed as big as this building, but it cannot buy you sleep. It can buy the biggest buffet there ever was, but it will not buy an appetite. And God came that you might be satisfied. Watch this verse. You satisfied with your life? Watch what he says. Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, that's us. We fit right here. I found a verse for Temple Baptist Church. It's right here. Come ye buy and eat. Yay, come buy wine and milk. And that, those were luxury items in that day. Come buy wine and milk without money. I told you that's our verse. That's our verse right there. Without money and without price. That was the stuff that only the rich had. He said, look, if you want to be satisfied, just come on. See, and i got to be careful because I really want to get into that next week's message. But God never expected you to endure life. God made Adam and Eve and put them in a garden. I mean a good one. I mean a sure enough Martha Stewart eat your heart out garden. Say amen. amen. <laughs> and put in that garden stuff that was good for food. But then it said this, and what's the most intriguing thing, and everything is in the Bible for a reason. It said not only that it was good for food so they could survive, you got to have food to survive. Say amen. 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 Brother Doug, we surviving, ain't we? Woo, We surviving. But it says then then the trees that were pleasant to the eye. Now, if God just wanted you to survive, I've, I've heard preachers say, well, let's just hold on to the end. What? I don't want your kind of religion. Hold on to the end. Man, my God has the cattle on a thousand hills. My God made all the stars and the planets in the sky. He made Mount Everest. He made the Great Barrier Reef. He made the Grand Canyon. Amen. And we're just going to survive? He said, God put in that garden things that were pleasant to the eye. How many of y'all seen them flowers out there walking in? was them pretty? Let me tell you something. The bush women around here, those that planting all them bushes, they will trick you. I was in here serving Jesus, minding my own business. And this is what they say, preacher, we need you to come look at something. Don't ever believe it when they say that. An hour later, I came, I was red to the top of my head, to the bottom of my feet, putting in mulch. They didn't want me to see nothing. They wanted me to work in that mulch. It's a trick, y'all, it's a trick. But isn't it pretty? Man, you get to enjoy that and see that. God was telling Adam, look, I don't want you to just survive. I want you to be fruitful and multiply. I want you to have a big time. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might be in you and your joy might be full. Hey, I want you to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. I want you to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Unspeakable means there's no way to explain it. There's no way to tell you how happy I am. There's no way to tell you what God has done in my heart. I don't have no money. I'm broke as a car, but I'm as happy as I can be. It's unexplainable. It. Come. Come, he's inviting you to satisfaction. He's inviting you to peace. You you said, "I, I, I haven't found it in drugs, and you ain't going to. He said, I haven't found it in money, and you're not going to. That's why the poorest missionaries living on a dirt floor in a grass hut is so happy they can't hardly stand it. And the man in the mansion is about to drive himself crazy. Because that missionary in that grass hut came to an invitation. Then there's the invitation of service, service. He says, "Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you what? Rest." Rest. Uh, Jerimo kept me out all night Friday night, but I did. Win a trophy. Say amen. Amen. My first one, my first one. Did y'all hear that? I won my first trophy. Yeah. Y'all can't all clap for my trophy, man. What's up with that? Cody Perdue goes, and the first trophy she wins is tall as this lectern right here. And uh, and Brother Bruce Harris, he was the master of hounds down there. Nick Dunn got so late because you have a deadline. Uh, all the dogs had to be back by 3 o'clock. Well, uh, Jeremy was the closest one hunting. And he was the last one back. And he was riding with me, so I had to wait on him. Amen. Well, they come out and said, Preacher, you got, you got a trophy. You got a trophy. I was so excited. I run in the building, and Brother Bruce held a trophy up that big. <laughs> you said, Did that bother you? Lord, no. I said, Take my picture right here. Amen. So uh, y'all need to buy a subscription to UKC Dog Magazine. And and uh, you get the picture, and I will sign it for you. Say amen. <laughs> Jeremy, did you get the picture taken? Come on. Son, big old Jimbo. I, and all the rest of them, they didn't even smile. Son, I had a crocodile smile a possum couldn't rip off. I'm telling you, I was happy with my little trophy about that big. We got back this mor- that fr- uh, Saturday morning. Five o'clock, I guess, about five, five thirty, something like that. Had to be back up here to church at nine. I was just a little bit late. Not much, but I was just a smidgen late. And and then we stayed up last night till 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 about two, two thirty, trying to get these lights working and everything. And I'm just a little tired. <laughs> how many of you how many of you really, really, really worked at something you was just You know what Jesus says? Some of y'all are working more than you should. And what I'm saying by that is, is instead of just letting him save you and do for you what you need done, you're trying to do it all yourself. Those Pharisees had a list of rules as long as this building for people and it was wearing them down. They could not live up to it. The religious crowd was saying, You got to do this and you got to do that. Kind of like the religious crowd today. Churches that you go into, and people don't want to go into them because they can't live up to the standards of the people that's in there. Hello. I'm preaching. Amen. And people just say, I can't do that. I can't. And they're wore down. And Brother Dave, Jesus came on the scene, and it ticked him off. He seen the way the religious crowd was treating people and and putting burdens and bondage on them that, that, that they should have never had. And Jesus looked at that people that were weary, trying to do right, trying to live that life, trying to be what all that they were supposed to be and were having struggles doing it. He said, look, forget about this religious crowd. Come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, And I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy. And my burden is... Does it look like I'm really struggling to have to do this this morning? As tired as I was this morning, Brother Dave, I couldn't wait to get here. I couldn't wait to get to to preach. I didn't think the singing was ever going to be over as much as I enjoyed that. Man, I'm in the yoke with Jesus. Now, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, it might be another story. But right now, I'm in the yoke. Amen. Amen. And the point is this. You say, preacher, I don't know what I can do for God. God's inviting you to get in the yoke with him. Amen. See, in, in in the early days, they'd put an experienced, big, strong oxen in one side of that yoke that knew his business, knew what he was doing. And they'd put that old young ox over on the other side who basically, he was just there to... Watch the other one. He wasn't doing much of anything. He wasn't strong enough to do much of anything. He didn't know enough to do anything. He was just that. What did Jesus say? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Well, preacher, I can't get in that, in that first impression. I don't know nothing. That's why you need to yoke up. Jesus is going to do it for you. Just get in there. Listen, I can't be in the care ministry. Just get in there. It's not you doing it. It's God doing it through you. And if you want to be satisfied, if you want to, listen, be at a place where you are enjoying your Christian life, you got to get busy serving, doing what God has called you to do. And Jesus says, come on, check it out. He's inviting you to service. He's inviting you to get involved in the greatest thing in this world, and that is ministering to others. Church, say amen. Amen. Lastly. Quickly, and this, we're, this, we're done. That, that's, that's really what you need to hear. But let me give you the last one so you can write it down. Number three. I don't you see the scope of this invitation? Watch what this says. I love this. I love this. It says, and let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will. I'm glad your education level will not determine... This invitation. I'm glad your, uh, your background check does not determine this invitation. Now, some of y'all in here, there's something jobs you just ain't going to get. You just ain't going to get it because your background check ain't going to cover. It just, hey, don't look. Hey, i got family members, same way. But there's one thing about this invitation it don't matter what your background check is. It don't matter what your credit report is. It don't matter what your situation is. Whosoever will. What'll determine if I get that living water preacher if you're thirsty? Are you thirsty? Because he's offering. He's offering. That person that God's got on your mind right now, God's making them thirsty for what you're going to tell them. Jeremy's pretty thirsty Friday, wasn't he? And all I need is to say, hey, here it is. Today, there's some thirsty people in this room right now. You know what I'd do? I wouldn't even wait for the music. If I knew God was speaking to me, and you know who you are. You know who you are. God's been speaking to you the whole service. I'd come, like this invitation says, whosoever will. Why? Preacher, why do I need to do that? Because the best part is this. Freely. I don't know about you, but I love free stuff. There's something about going through the supermarket, Especially Sam's. I need a witness right there. When they got them little crock pots and them meatballs, say man, I make my rounds until they change people so they don't know who I am and then I make another round. That free cheese, Chris. Amen. Come on, tell the truth. See, y'all laughing because y'all know y'all done it. Amen. Would you like to try? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Tammy, don't try. N- yeah, I will try. I like going through the mall. Yeah, I mean, y'all ever been through a mall through the cooking area, through the cooking area where they got them Chinese restaurant and Mexican restaurant and and uh, and uh, Filipino restaurant. Amen. <laughs> and and they got the pizza joint and and, and they, you all through and they all they're trying to give you something free. I'll stay at one till they won't give me no more, and I move to the next one. <laughs> I ain't got no pride, y'all. I ain't got no pride. I don't know what y'all looking at. I learned that from some of y'all in here. Some now. Salvation is free. It wasn't cheap. It's very expensive. Jesus had to die for it. But he's offering it to you free. Let him come freely. Listen, it's without conditions. You don't have to start nothing, stop nothing, be nothing, change nothing. Just come. Just come. Freely. I'll say this and we're going to pray. I had a uh, an uncle. Uh, we called him Uncle Junior. He wasn't a real uncle, but he... You know that kind of person who just hung around and you had to feed them because they wouldn't go home? Amen. Anybody had people like that? And, you know, they just stay around so much they're, they're like family members. And you call them Uncle Charlie or what? This was Uncle Junior. When my dad and my Uncle Herbert was growing up he would always be there and they'd take them camping and fishing and all that stuff. And, and as a little guy, as a little fella, you know, little people, they witness more than we do, don't they? Because all they know is they love you and they want you to go to heaven with them. So they're not afraid to tell you anything. They'll just come out and tell you. And, and, and I, 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 would, I would get with Uncle Junior. I said, Uncle Junior, please get saved. Uncle Junior, please get saved. He's probably six, six five, towering big fella. He grew up in a denomination that believed that, that you could lose your salvation, that you, you, you get out and do something wrong. Uh, then you lose it. doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what Jesus did on the cross. It's what you can do in this life. And, 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 and if you, you're believing that you've got to be good enough or stay good enough, you're, 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 you're barking up the wrong tree. And what, let me tell you what it did to him. He, he, in his mind, he knew, he knew his lifestyle. He knew what he did. He knew what he had been. And because of what he did and what he had been, he did not believe he could live up to what a Christian is supposed to be. And this is what he would say. There's no sense in me getting saved because I can't live it. And in his mind, if he couldn't live it, he was going to lose it anyhow. And that's, that's the way bad theology will do you. And, it, and what he did not understand, it's not what you can do here on this earth. It's what he did on a cross 2,000 years ago. And, and here we are, we're living in a day, and he's saying, I can't live it. And he, and he wouldn't come to Christ. He wouldn't trust Christ because in his mind, he, he didn't feel like he could live it. But I'm telling you, the Bible says God is going to do it through you. You don't have to start nothing. There's no conditions to this. You don't have to come and, and change your wardrobe. You don't have to come and change anything. All you got to do is be willing and wanting of salvation, and God will do the rest for you. One day, in Dale's Barbecue on Okeechobee Road in Fort Pierce, Florida, my Uncle Junior was sitting in the booth with my Uncle Herbert. They had been working that day and just sitting there talking and just slumped over and died of a massive heart attack. Preacher, why are you saying this? Because Uncle Junior is in hell today, and it's just ripping my guts out. Simply for the fact that he was afraid that he couldn't live what God was inviting him to. And I'm telling you this. You can't. Let me just tell you that. You can't. But he can through you. So if you've been putting it off because you feel like you're not going to be able to live it. Forget about that. Just come. Just come. Let him Handle all that. You just come. Father in Jesus name. There's going to be a last invitation.